0: Hey, gang, welcome to 3UP3Down, the weekly podcast where we tackle three trending baseball topics from the grassroots to the professional ranks. I'm your host, Coach Nick Holmes from Nanaimo Minor Baseball here in beautiful British Columbia. Please join me and my special guests as we take questions from you, the parents, players, and coaches who are looking to gain an edge by improving your overall knowledge of the game. Enjoy. This episode of 3UP3Down is brought to you by Centra Windows. Central Windows has been in business for 35 years with offices on the island, including right here in Nanaimo, B.C. They're the largest manufacturer, supplier, and installer in British Columbia. And the best part about them is that they are 100% employee-owned and committed to giving back to the Nanaimo community. They cater towards the Nanaimo community and everything from manufacturing and installing is all locally made and, of course, B.C. owned and operated. Centra's employee-owned approach ensures that their trained installers take the time required to achieve the highest standards. They've made an impact in our community and continue to transform homes for many residents around Nanaimo and the surrounding area. So keep it local with Centra and support the BC employee-owned team at Centra Windows. For more information you can contact them at area code 604-455-2180.
1: What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our second episode of Three Up, Three Down. I'm your host, Coach Nick Holmes from the Nimo Minor Baseball Association. And in studio, once again, I have head coach Nick Salahub here joining me. How's it going, big guy?
1: Pretty good, Coach. Thanks for having me back.
0: Man, I am excited to get after this once again. We've had some incredible feedback just to give you guys a little update. uh, We do have a Facebook group page called 3Up3Down. If you get a second, go over there and please join. We've had 20-plus members already uh, subscribe to that group, and I'm getting some feedback. We're going to address a couple of questions that came over the wire from that particular group in the last couple of days, so I'm excited to to touch on that. We're going to recap a little bit of our last episode. You know, wrap up the strength and conditioning or strength training, if you will, that that uh, Coach Salahub and I talked about. And then we will, hopefully, uh, we'll have some time here at the end to get into a little bit more specific skills and drills. I know, Coach, you wanted to go over some stuff with the young guys as far as hitting drills or throwing drills or something that they, they can do to help out some of those parents that don't know what they're doing. And we get it. We've all been there. Everybody had to start somewhere. And um, this is uh, this is why we're doing this, so that we can help you parents out there that want to take the time and you have the time to help your young ball player get a little bit better and uh, each of the facets of the game. So without further ado, let's jump into it. So our first question that came across the uh, Facebook group is from Chris. Chris is from Nanaimo. He says, Nick, yourself, and Coach Salahub talked about working out in particular, I'm talking about strength training. You guys mentioned that chest and bicep workouts probably aren't the best muscle groups to work out for baseball players. So my question is, in your opinion, what is the most important muscle groups for ages 15 and up to concentrate on in the gym during the off season? Great question. I think we should probably clarify what you meant by that when we said it wasn't so much that we don't want you to do chest and and buys, but I'll let you jump in, Nick.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially at the younger ages, pretty much any workout you do is good. You yeah. need to, what we're, you know, kind of warning you about is be careful about doing the big bulk mass adding on. And and I get where they're coming from and it's important, but the, the problem arises when you don't do workouts for the opposite muscle group. So mm-hmm. when, what I've seen a lot, when the kids get 17, 18, they'll go to the gym, take their protein powder and just do a bunch of curls, bunch of bench press and yeah. Get out. Yeah. And they walk around like
0: the hunchback from Notre
1: Dame Mm -hmm. because they don't work their back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chest is important, but it's important that you counter the weight and strength that you're adding to the back more so than it is to add bulk there. The triceps are more important for baseball for throwing and for hitting than biceps. (laughs) But if your triceps are too big, that's when you open yourself up to injury. If your biceps don't counter the weight. Right. So there does need to be some just overall physical training, but... Uh, I don't know, Nick, what are some of your favorite workouts?
0: Well, as I mentioned, and I I wrote back into the Facebook group because I wanted Chris to get his answer uh, quickly, and so I know not everybody's in that group yet, so I'll share my three favorite exercises um, that uh, I've been doing for years, and if I can only pick three for the rest of my life, I think these pretty much cover uh, every major and minor muscle group within the body, so let 's go over these three real quick first of all if you 're just doing body weight exercises, which I highly recommend with with younger guys you know before they get into the weight room and start adding. Uh, that extra weight if you 're just doing body weight and it 's great for adults you know people that don 't have a gym membership or just don 't like lifting weights. These three exercises number one squats, normal body squats, as many as you can do and, and maybe break it down into some sets. you can even add a little jump in there if you 're feeling good and you want to do some jump squats. Uh, Number two is pull-ups. I think pull-ups is one of the best exercises. Again, it's going to work your forearms and your shoulders and your biceps, uh, chin-ups, you know, where you reverse the grip and get the chin up all the way over the bar. And number three, push-ups. Of course, these are two... Well, all three of them are are, uh, very popular exercises within the military because it works the whole body. So now if you're going to add some weight to that or what can you do in the weight room, what would the three exercises be? You guys are gonna think I'm crazy here, but it's the same three. The only thing you're doing is adding weight to it to give yourself an opportunity to increase more muscle mass and, and to get stronger. So you can still do squats, you know, front squats, back squats, uh, hack squats, single leg squats. Number two, bench press or weighted dips. The thing with weighted dips versus bench press is that you can get a little bit more range of motion. You can go get a little bit deeper into the pectorals, into the triceps. And then number three, you guessed it, weighted pull-ups or the barbell row is one of my favorite exercises. Throw some weight on a bar, get into a good position with a strong back, strong core, and uh, get some reps going there. So those are the three that I would use. Again, they engage in uh, Every part of, of the body. They'll engage the core, abdominals included, back, thighs, chest, tries, forearms, lats, shoulders, glutes,
1: quads, hamstrings, and your calves. So what more are you looking for, right? I have a question for sure. you. There's a lot of people going back and forth on this subject, and I know the general opinion has changed four or five times since I've been out of baseball, which is not that long. But what what are your thoughts on splitting up upper body and lower body days or just doing full body workouts all together? Like what's your opinion on that? You can talk to several different trainers,
0: strength and conditioning coaches, and one guy will tell you this and another guy will tell you that. For me personally, what I like, and again, by all means, full disclosure here, I, I don't claim to be an expert in this field. I've done a lot of research with experts and learned a great deal from several professional strength and conditioning coaches being in baseball. And I've actually gone through certifications to do stuff in this department. But for me personally, I like a full body. I think, and I'll tell you why, because it takes more time to do the other stuff. If you're going to break your body down into those parts, you got to go to the gym more frequently. If you're just going to do your back and bys today, then you got to do your chest and tries tomorrow and your legs on the next day and the next day. And now you're just, again, you're spending a lot of time in the gym, which I personally like to get in and get out. So I'd much rather do those three exercises that I talked about on a day, take a day off, come back and then alternate you know some of the exercises but still hitting the full body in one workout but that's just me.
1: Yeah, I agree. There for me personally, I prefer I would always recommend guys do full body workouts and then on the days that they're not in the gym, that's when you go and do your running or that's when you focus sure. on doing your core training or your yoga or stretching or whatever else sure. you do to supplement your workouts, but Yeah, I agree, especially at the younger ages. Sometimes it's hard to find time to go to the weight room every day. Well, another thing, too, is that a lot of that mentality comes from the bodybuilding world, you know, where they go
0: in and they focus on one body part for three and a half hours. We're not training bodybuilders to go out and compete to win contests on how pretty they look. We're training baseball players. (laughs) That's a good point. Right? I mean, we're training baseball players. So we need to be multifunctional, and the body needs to work uh, the way it's supposed to work from from the ground up. And so incorporating your strength training with as you mentioned, your sprint work, running some hills, maybe getting a little endurance in there, some jumping like you mentioned in the last episode, broad jump, all that stuff. It's what makes a all-around good baseball player.
1: And if you're towards the end of your, you know, high school career and you're looking to take it a bit more seriously, I definitely encourage you to go and get some, you know, professional assistance and professional help. There are a bunch of trainers that you know, that's what they specialize in is personalized Alrighty. athletic training. And like I said, we do our training at Prime, but yeah. they're not the only option in town, but they are one of the best options in town. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Hopefully this helps you out, Chris, and the
0: rest of you guys that are listening. If your son is serious or your daughter is serious about working out and getting into that top physical shape for their sport baseball or other seek out some help go find some guys check out make sure you do your research check their their credentials and make sure that you get uh, some solid advice and then i would go and get another opinion of someone else just like you do with with a doctor not everybody knows everything and i think the more people that you meet in this field and learn things like i've done myself over the last 20 years Everybody's got an opinion and everybody thinks that their way is the right way. It it doesn't really change for pitching mechanics, hitting mechanics, or all the other things that we we do on a daily basis. Learn as much as you can and and use what works for you.
1: One of the first things I was ever taught in baseball is everyone is an expert and everyone is happy to share their opinion with you, but 90% of what you hear is not going to help you. But you don't know which 10% of what they say will help you. Right. So it's important that you go out and get as much information as you possibly can. If you only go to one source, you're only getting ten percent of what you need. Right. If you're you know going out there doing your own training, doing your own research, getting some help from a few different people, you know those ten percent add up. And yeah. it's easier for you to find your own way and figure out how your body works or your child's body works, rather than just assuming one person is you know psychic and knows the genetic makeup of your kit. Okay, so that was good. Hopefully we, we
0: answered that question there for you. Chris, thanks again for, for jumping on there and, and participating in this. So if you haven't listened to the first episode, go ahead and, and check that out, and you can uh, find that episode at nmba.ca. And you ready for this? What's up? We're on iTunes, man. Woo! We finally got our approval today. It came through in the email. I'm excited to announce that you can now find 3Up3Down three three on iTunes. Oh, gosh, there's a bunch of them. Google Play. Uh, Podbean. Uh, I'll, I'll put them in the in the uh, the show notes here at the end of it, so that any of you people that are using those types of uh, podcast players, you can you can find us on there. Moving on, I wanted to talk about. Well, actually, you wanted to talk about it today, and I agreed. I think it would be a good thing to go over some specific drills that parents can do with their young players during this off season time, as we stay on the subject of off season until we get a chance to get outside. Mm-hmm. What do you want to start with? Hitting.
1: Sure, okay what do you got for me the the biggest thing I want to touch on is especially at the youth side when you're when your kids you know fifteen or under don't be afraid to help them don't be afraid to say something that may not be right and that they may not listen to, but in order to do that you know i it for me baseball is is a great bonding experience yeah. if let me let me suggest to you like this. If if you think your kid's being lazy and playing too many video games and won't get off the couch, what my dad would say to me when I was growing up was, do you want to go hit? I'll throw to you, and I hope you pick up the balls. Nice. But how can you not say yes to that if you're a kid? There's nothing better than hitting. Right. And, uh, yeah, when they get to a certain age, you need a screen, an L screen to protect yourself as a parent. And, yeah, you got to pay for a few balls. But at the end of the day, all that adds up to being cheaper than a PlayStation or an Xbox. Yeah. And you're going to get more use out of it as, you know, parent-child relationship there. So don't be afraid to do it. And the other thing that I would recommend, even if, especially if you don't know much, is video every single swing they take and then just look at it with your kid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they may not be super into watching two hours of film on their swings during BP, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe go through it and just focus on the... 15, 10 minutes or whatever of the best swings and Mm -hmm. then just look at what was done right. Let your player, let your child figure out what they need to be successful. And then, you know, encourage them to do some research. You guys can research together. There's nothing wrong with that. The other thing is when you send your kid to a camp, what a lot of parents like to do is drop the kid off and leave. And that's fine. But I know all the camps we do Mm -hmm. and all the practices we do, I, I don't, it's not closed we encourage the parents to come and listen and you know pick up a few things yeah you don't need to be an active participant but trust me your son or daughter really wants this information Mm -hmm. but a 10 year old cannot remember things that they were taught two hours ago while they're playing with their friends right no matter how bad they want to it's tough for them to remember as an adult, it's easy. You're not really doing anything. And you get a different view and you have a better understanding just because you're you know, more mature. So it, it might be more beneficial for you to go and listen and maybe take some notes for your kid at camp and then just sort of talk about it with, with your son or daughter and then just make sure you're on the same page with what the expectation is. And it's just easier that way to, I don't know, bond about baseball. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of my guys – on the college level, they have parents who were pretty involved, and you know their parents might not know much about the game or about hitting or how to teach hitting, but they know their their son at the college level, their son's swing inside and out. Mm-hmm. I played with a guy who was struggling for like 0 for 20, called up his dad and said what he was doing. His dad told him to do one drill, and then the kids started hitting again. Mm-hmm. Right? It's You don't need to know baseball. You need to know your Child, and the only way you do that is to get some reps, and you don't have to by any means. But it's if if you want your child to you know get the most out of their potential that they can on the ball field, I encourage you to take an active part in it, because it's it's easy to say go get off the couch and go for a run as a parent while you're sitting on the couch watching TV. Right. It's harder but more beneficial to say let's go for a run, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a challenge for you, but. If you won't make the sacrifice to do it, it's tough for you to – or for your kid to see that, you know, I'm expected to do this work without help. That's yeah. one of the hardest things to do is train by yourself. What do you think? I agree. In reference to what you're saying about the bonding, absolutely. I mean, these
0: we, our kids grow up so fast, and you want to try and soak in every moment that you can. And, and when you have these, these crucial years of development with within sports and activities – Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a parent out there that wouldn't love to spend more time than they already are with their kid, regardless of how much time that is. There's some parents that have jobs that allow them to be at all their kids' sporting events, or they allow them to help assistant coach or head coach one of their teams. And so they do get a lot of that bonding time and a lot of that together time. But yet, if you were to ask them, I bet you they would say, I could still use some more. Because they know in the back of their mind that this kid's not going to be this age forever. I know my wife and I talk about it all the time with our daughter. They're only going to be this age once, so you want to try and spend as much time with them as you can. This is a great way for, like you said, to to get out there, play catch, even if it's just play catch. It might be some parents that are intimidated with the whole hitting thing. Well, just grab the glove and and a ball and go out in the backyard 10 minutes a night or 20, 30 minutes on the weekend, whatever you can squeeze in. I promise you it'll be a great experience for them as much as it is for you playing with your kid. But they're going to remember those things later on in life. And you don't have to be the expert. You don't have to pretend to know everything. But I also like what you said, too, just getting out there and doing it. And and if you give them some bad advice at this age, don't sweat it. They're going to figure it out later. Maybe a coach down the road will, will uh, teach them something that they'll remember. And in the back of their mind, they'll say, oh, well, that's not what my dad said or what my mom said. But don't worry about it in this moment. Let that happen. So... Uh, Yeah, good good stuff. What about some specific drills? Everybody talks about the T. The T is always a great tool Every great hitter uses the T as a tool because you don't have to have a buddy or a partner or a parent or anyone to help you What else besides the T can we tell these guys to get after?
1: I I think a lot of players would benefit from uh, one hand drills Mm-hmm. so you get either a half bat or you choke up pretty far on your bat depending on player's strength, and then you know it can be a tee, it can be side toss, it can even be front toss. Or even dry swings. Or even dry swings, yeah. and you just take 10 swings with just your bottom hand on the bat and really try and visualize getting through the inside part of the ball, and then you switch to your top hand and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good for working the swing, but it's also good for improving the strength needed to swing the bat. And especially with uh, – I talk about the Bantam jump from peewee to Bannum because that, for me, is the biggest jump that I see because I coach Bantam. Yeah. And, you know, the strength is one of the bigger factors. So if you can do things like that that are, you know, the weight that you need to swing, you learn how to swing it with one hand, it's going to make you a lot better with two. Mm-hmm. And it's going to help you mechanically. Right. And, and just focus on making sure we're not dipping the bat under the tee when we swing or under the ball when we swing. Make sure we're working more linear to it. It's important to make sure you're getting on that good plane that the ball's coming in on with the barrel with either hand and every single time.
0: Mm-hmm. Going back to what we talked about bonding with parents and, and some of the things you can do as far as hitting, man, there's nothing like a a good backyard wiffle ball game or tennis ball, softy ball. I think you talked about it. I'm not sure if it was in the last episode or we were just talking off air, but the bottle caps and the broomstick or when I was a kid, we I grew up in the Midwest and so we had a lot of acorns and those were perfect. We would get out. We wouldn't even have a ball. We would just get a wiffle ball bat or a stick, whatever we had, and guys would be chucking acorns at you. But, you know, it, it, anything you can do to create fun, and and the kids are still getting their work in. The hand-eye coordination is getting challenged and they're having some fun doing it. Another game I like to do it, out in the street or in the driveway or in an area where you know, obviously there's not a bunch of traffic is, is taking the tennis ball. Instead of pitching it like you normally do, you throw it in off a bounce like they do on, in cricket. And the the hitter doesn't necessarily stay in the box. So, you know, for instance, it's kind of hard to explain on uh, without a video or, or demonstration, but basically if you could picture the pitcher bouncing the ball to the left or to the right of the hitter, and the hitter having to adjust to the ball. Basically go to it and and whack it, just like you would in tennis. Getting yourself into a position to to swing hard and and send it back the other way. That's always a fun game too. And you can create different competitions and things like that. But fun, family-type, friend-type games that you can do that are definitely going to improve your hand-eye coordination and your hitting skills.
1: What specific drill you do isn't as important as the intent you put on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I know... For I'll just speak to myself. When I was in high school one year, I really struggled with guys in scoring position, mm-hmm. which is sort of what I was supposed to be a big slow guy. I mm-hmm. need to be a power hitter, I need to get RBIs. And it's just one of those things where I'd get in my own head that season that, you know, guys are in scoring position, I'd you know, muscle up, try too hard or whatever, and I wouldn't succeed. So all off season, no matter what I did, my focus was every single time RBI opportunity. And the next year, I was really good in RBI opportunities. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's what you do is important. Doing stuff is important and having the intent, the focus, the visualization in order to make it beneficial is probably the most important thing for me. Mm. Practicing training with intent more so than just going out there and hitting some balls just for the heck of it, especially at the older ages. Yeah. At the younger ages, you learn how your body works, so you don't need that much focus, but. Especially if you want to, you know, you're in high school and you want to play college and whatnot, it's important that you, you know, have that intent, have that focus, have that mm-hmm.
0: drive. As the kids start to get older and a little bit more into the game, right around 12, uh, 13, and for our groups here, the peewee age, the baseball starts to look a little more like baseball with leadoffs and steals and things. And you'd mentioned, uh, you know, being an RBI guy and learning how to drive in runs. And there's a lot of drills that you can do. Uh, in the cage or on the field when you do have some help, when you do have a couple of other teammates to work out with or, you know, a coach or parents or whatever it is. Uh, just to mention a, a couple of them offhand is that, you know, yeah, you can hit with tees and you can do your soft toss and your front toss and your bottom hand, top hand, and all those those drills are great to to help um, reinforce the mechanics of what you're trying to do. But nothing beats getting out there and simulating game speed, game action. If you If you are in a cage and you're using those those drills to get yourself warmed up and get ready to go, but I always like to finish with full-on batting practice, throwing over the top, delivering the pitch, uh, on the plane that they're going to see in, in a game, maybe even breaking off a couple curveballs or or pulling the string on the change up a little bit so they can work on their timing and their rhythm because that is going to make them the better hitter. And and if you're out on the field just doing these, these other drills, they're great, but don't forget to finish up the day or the workout or whatever with trying to make it as close as possible to a real game. And if you can't get into a scrimmage or something like that, then have the person that's helping you out just say, you know, can I get 20, you know, 15 pitches fast as you can throw it? Just enough to, to work on the hand-eye coordination and the rhythm and the timing. All right, Nick. So before we get out of here, I did want to touch real quick on private lessons. Uh, I've been getting approached by some of the parents looking to get their kids some private lessons. I know you've done plenty of private lessons in the past, and that's that time of the year we're where, uh, you know, we're, we're getting inquiries about when can we get some cage time with you? When can we when, when can we work with you? So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. And I, th- I think private lessons are great. The That there's a lot of positives that can come out of it. My biggest thing and my experience of doing this for so long has just been, is your kid committed? You know, a lot of times I get approached by parents that want their kid to get better, but it's not really the kid's wish. And I know from <laughs> my experience... Uh, growing up as a kid, maybe being forced to do something I didn't want to do, whether it was piano or dance lessons. <laughs> so my grandmother was a dance teacher. It wasn't my cup of tea. If, you're, if your kid isn't really hounding you to get lessons, I wouldn't force it. In other words, you know, bring it up, mention it, and if it's something that they might be interested in doing, maybe s- seek it out there. What, what do you think
1: about it? What's your take? Just real quick going on something that What you said reminded me of this uh, documentary I saw on Aaron Sanchez with Mm -hmm. the Blue Jays a while back. And one of the things he said was back in high school, he was on the baseball team and he wanted to quit, but his dad or uncle or whatever it was wouldn't let him. He Mm -hmm. kept driving him to practice, and it's like, I don't care if you have fun or not. You just have to go get out of the house, spend two hours with your buddies. Mm -hmm. And now he's pitching in the big leagues and loving it. Right. And, you know, sometimes the kid does not know best. I was just going to say, kids (laughs) don't know what they (laughs) They want a lot of times. Oh, if you leave it up to them, they just want to sit and lay right. in their bed and play video games all day. Some of them, not all of them, that's but some point. of them, right? So sometimes you do have to say, yes, I know you don't want to do it. Yes, you're doing it. Sometimes yeah. you got to put your foot down. So that, and again, that's, that's, you're not saying, you know, do whatever the heck your kid wants to do, but you know, sometimes you need to go with what they say. Sure. And if they're not motivated, yeah, it doesn't make sense to spend a bunch of money on lessons if they don't want the lessons. That's right. But that doesn't mean they're not going out and doing something. Right um but i agree too i i'll tell you a funny story i had
0: a kid that came in my cage years ago uh, in my academy in california and i could tell he didn't want to be there it was dad forcing him to be there and he was he was like maybe seven years old eight years old and i just kept thinking this kid's having a terrible time his favorite thing to do was pick up the balls he didn't care about learning how to hit or didn't even really care about baseball and so finally i was just starting out and kind of learning how to do these lessons myself and i was sticking to my my training regimen you know and trying to just get get through the lesson with the kid and finally after about the third one I said to him do you even want to be here and he goes no not really I said do you like baseball he goes not really I said well what do you want to do and he goes I want to be a magician <laughs> and I said a musician and he goes no like magic a magician and I just lost it. I thought that was so funny right so I had to have the conversation with the dad I said look I'm not going to hold you to these lessons. You know, I feel bad that your kid doesn't want to be here. You you may need to go have a conversation with him about this because he's just, he's just really not into it. And the funny thing was when I did that, the dad actually agreed. And he said to me, I kind of had a feeling, but I had to try. And I thought that was great. You know, that he, he had an inkling that his kid wasn't loving the game. Like he loved it and he really wanted him to love it like he did. But, uh, this was like the, the final straw for him. And he, and coming from me, someone that he respected his, their opinion, I said, yeah, man, you're going to have to have a conversation with him because I just don't think this is his, his, his bag. And uh, he goes, man, and he was all disappointed, of course, and he was like, God, that's that's a bummer. I really wanted him to like this. Like, oh, he wants to be a magician. Maybe you guys should stop, stop by the card shop <laughs> on the way home. <laughs> seven, huh?
1: Yeah. That's pretty early. Yeah, I think it was seven or eight, right around there. I didn't start playing until I was eight. Me too. I, we didn't I, have t-ball when I was growing up. I did one year at t-ball, and I was a lefty, so everything I hit was a ground ball to first base, So I was out every single <laughs> every time. Every single time. I got like two hits all year, and I was just cry and cry and cry, and then we got into a coach pitch, and I loved it. <laughs> that guy had a ton of action over there yeah. at first, huh? Yeah. He was like, oh, this guy's up again. Yeah, I'm getting the ball. So you don't need to start at four to be the best baseball player you can be. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you need to not start at Ford to be the best baseball player you can be. Barry Bonds was swinging a bat from the time he came out of the womb because mm-hmm. his dad was in the league. Same mm-hmm. thing with Griffey, right? right? So you can get there, but there's a million different ways to get there. Great point. Great note to end on. There's a million
0: ways to get there. But we're just giving you a couple here on this show from our perspective and our experiences and our opinion. Keep the questions coming. I highly encourage you to uh, jump on that Facebook group if you haven't already. And if you are not a social media person and you just want to send an email, you can send it at info at coachnickholmes.com. And will be happy to read your question on the air or just answer you privately. Just let me know how, how you uh, would like me to communicate with you. Don't forget to head on over to nmba.ca and sign up for this winter camp that starts on this Sunday. So we've only got three more days. And... Nick, I think next episode we're going to talk a little bit more about winter camps and things that parents and players can expect to be doing or learning while they're they're in these winter camps, whether it's the VIU winter camp that's going on on Mondays and Fridays at Centennial Building, and that's for ages 9 through 18. And then, of course, the NNBA winter program that goes on Sundays, competitive groups, Pee Wee, Bantam, and Midget will also be Uh, practicing on thursdays out there so we'll get those links to you and feel free to hit us up with any questions thanks again for listening we'll see you next time on three up three down hey folks thanks for listening i want to take just a quick minute and thank some of the people that made this possible three up and three down is sponsored by nanaimo minor baseball association and world baseball experience it is produced by pretty easy podcast and mixed and mastered by alan Tuzinski. I also would like to thank today's guest, VIU Mariner Head Coach Nick Salahub for being on the show. For complete details on this podcast, including show notes, social media links, and past episodes, please visit nmba.ca and click the little resource button up there in the top right-hand corner of the menu where you will also find our blog, some helpful training videos to go along with this. And if you would like to subscribe to 3Up3Down, Three Three so you never miss an episode. You can always find us on your favorite listening platforms to include iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Whew, we got them all covered. If you like this show, do me a solid. Go ahead and share this with all your other baseball friends. If you don't like it, well, you're probably not listening at this point. Or you are not interested in helping us mold young lives into upstanding people in our community. And for that, shame on you, you gotta live with it. Until next time, love the game, live the dream, and we'll see you at the yard.